You know, it's not every year that we have this opportunity to begin the new year here. What a blessing. His mercies are new every morning and every year. Great is his faithfulness, and it's always a special joy for me to be with you here in Southwest Harbor. I wanted us to think this morning about where we're going um, in the next 365 days. It's a perfect opportunity to begin the year by thinking about where God is leading us and how ready we are to take the journey. So I thought we would turn this morning to Hebrews chapter 1, and I'll read the the first uh, ten verses. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory. I'm reading chapter 1. Let's try chapter 11. I love Hebrews. Chapter 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith... Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his is his inheritance obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. It's been quite a week for me. I had the opportunity this past uh, Christmas to be out in California with my youngest daughter and my youngest granddaughter. And um, getting home to Maine is a challenge. With the weather, canceling my flights two days in a row. So I'm uh, trying to get back in the rhythm of things. I was hoping uh, they would get me here in time to make it to Southwest Harbor this morning and I got in uh, midnight Friday night, and um, as many of you know, I'm a hospice chaplain, and I spent all day Saturday playing catch-up with all my patients who were behind in visits because the airlines kept canceling my flights. And I think that's kind of how life goes. We just don't know. We can make our plans. We can make our agendas. And um, Blake knows um, when we have our retreats, um, me and the other pastors 
the nickname they've given me is Mr. Agenda because I like to have the plan. And so this morning as we look at this passage and think about where we're going this year, I can't make my agenda. Um, can't make the plans. It's all in God's hands. And, you know, as we look ahead into this new year, we probably have a similar feeling about 2017. Um, some of us are thinking this is going to be a great year because this is the year I graduate from high school or this is the year I get my driver's license or, or this is the year we're going to have our first grandbaby or this is the first time we're going to be able to go to Italy or whatever big plans we have and exciting things that we look forward to. And some of the things that we plan for, we, we look forward with you know great anticipation and, and excitement. But maybe there's going to be some big things this year that right now we have no idea about that. Things that kind of jump up and surprise us. A lot of things happen in our lives that we don't have any control over and we certainly don't plan for. You know, a lot can happen in one year. If you think back to where we were a year ago, a lot happens in a year. So what is 2017 going to be? What is it that God has for us? Is it good or bad? Will there be joy or sorrow? You know, one thing I can tell you that will change this year is your age. And beyond that, we don't know much more. That's about it. That's we can count on and taxes, I guess. The other things are just we hope so. We pray so. You know, every time uh, at this time of year we get from our favorite insurance company or whatever business or a new calendar or we go buy one in a bookstore that's got our favorite theme of kittens or um, mountain scenes or whatever, antique cars. You know, we put up the calendar on the kitchen wall or wherever. We have no idea as we're just putting it up there what's going to happen in all those days that are on. And we don't even think about what's going to be in those little boxes as we start to write in. And you can't stand there with your pen on January 1 and fill in every box every day and know here's what we're going to do this year. It's not that much in our control. In fact, I think most of us live with the expectation that there's not much that's going to happen. It's going to stay the same. We're much more comfortable expecting things aren't going to change. We're going to just have predictability. Things are going to go along just like they always have. And I suppose that was far more true for Abraham because in that ancient culture, things didn't change all that much. Whatever your father and your grandfather and your great-grandfather and mother did, that's what you would be doing in the same village or community with the same neighbors and friends, and everything stays about the same. Generation after generation after generation, there's not much change. And the idea of moving to another place was radical. Nobody did that. Probably frightening, in fact. So imagine if you're there in Abraham's day and he comes knocking on the door of your tent and says, I got this idea. I'd like to move. And you say, where? And he said, well, I don't know. I'm just going to move. What do you think of this idea? And you'd say, I think you better let that one go. You know, you've got the itch to move. I get that. But, you know, it's like a bad dream. It'll go away. I mean, you would not tell him, hey, that's a great idea especially if he had no idea where he was going. 
All Abraham knew about this place that God was going to send him to is that there would be a day, someday, that he would inherit that. That would be his land. But he didn't even know what country it was in. He didn't know if he had to take a crash course in some foreign language. What are they going to be like? Where is it? Is it north, south, east? Where is this place? What is it like? No AAA travel service. No way to know what to look forward to, but just start going. Imagine the test of faith. And yet he went, even though he had no idea where he's going. Now, there may be a few of us who really thrive on having an adventure, and we just like to take big risks, and we like to have things uncertain and unpredictable. It's more exciting. But I think most of us uh, avoid most of the unknowns. We'd like to have control a little more. We don't like uncertainty. And anything that's unpredictable makes us a little bit on edge and uncomfortable. Change for most people is unsettling. And there's no reason to think that it was any different for Abraham. He was just an ordinary shepherd. He probably had the same resistance to change that we all feel. He probably didn't like those Murphy's Law kind of surprises. And that's why, you know, he's listed in Hebrews 11 as one of the heroes of faith. In spite of what he must have wanted to do, he didn't do it. Instead of doing what would be comfortable, he did what God called him to do, and he obeyed. And he packed his bags, and away he went. You see, listening to God isn't enough. I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you really heard God speaking to you. It doesn't happen all that frequently. But when you hear God speaking, it's a powerful and wonderful experience. And yet, every time you read the scripture, you know, it's a living and active word of God. You hear God speak. And listening to that is important. But listening to it isn't enough. You need to obey, act on it. It takes action. And that takes faith. You need to read it, believe it, understand it, and do it. Jesus said, Um, it's not enough to believe in him. You need to love him. And if you love him, he said, if you love me, obey my commandments. And when he called his disciples to come and follow him, he didn't say, listen, listen to me and I will make you fishers of men. He said, follow me. That's an action step. And I will make you fishers of men. And so here we are this morning on the brink of a new year. It's a new journey. We don't know where it's going. We don't know what's going to happen in 2017. We don't know what this year will bring to us. Certainly we can expect there's going to be good days. There's going to be bad days. There's going to be days where we have celebrations. There's going to be days where we're mourning and weeping. There's going to be days that are really exciting. Probably some that are kind of boring. but we don't have much control over when the good days are going to happen and when the bad days are going to happen. And even though we try to make our schedules and plan things out and make appointments and set up special events, we really aren't that much in control. 
In fact, a lot of people have very good careers trying to predict and be forecasters, whether it's weather forecasters or political forecasters or economic forecasters, trying to help us understand what's going to happen. How's it going to go? And a lot of people spend a lot of money trying to make sure certain things don't happen and make sure the things they want to happen will happen. But when you're really honest, you have to admit, you don't have much control over what's going to happen this year. In many ways, this is the unknown journey that God's calling us into. Which, in a way, like Abraham, it's about going without knowing. And because the God of Abraham is our God, we can move out into the new year with the same kind of trust, the same kind of confidence that Abraham had, in spite of all the unknowns. Even though we don't know what this new president is going to do or what this new Congress is going to do, we don't know what's going to happen in those hot spots. We don't know where the next terrorist attack is going to be. We don't know what the weather is going to be. We don't know what's going to happen to the economy. We don't know what's going to happen to our health. We don't even know if we're going to still be here or if Jesus is going to come back this year. Hallelujah. Wouldn't that be great? We don't know so much, but we do know that we have a God who is absolutely trustworthy. And that's what Abraham knew. See, it's not about knowing. It's not about knowledge. It's about trusting, and that's about faith. And so it really doesn't matter that much what 2017 holds for us. What matters is the God who holds 2017 and all the future beyond that, too. And nothing can happen outside of his control. Not one hair can fall from our head without the will of our father. You see, the thing that made it possible for Abraham to just set aside all his concerns and all the doubts and all the apprehensions he must have felt about the unknowns and to just obey God's call was that he lived by faith, not by knowledge. He had such a faith in God that he could trust that God knew what he was doing. As it says in verse 9, he made his home in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Doesn't it seem a little strange that after he takes this amazing step of faith, he doesn't get rewarded immediately? Meaning, when we do some act of faith, when we feel really good about ourselves because we were really faithful, we did the right thing, we took the high road when somebody else was not, we feel very good about our faithfulness to God and we expect a blessing. We expect God's going to be good to me now because I was good. All of that... Abraham got none of that. He got to this land and he lived the entire rest of his life like a stranger. He never was accepted there. He never had a sense of community there. He was, at, he was, he was in the wrong place. He must have wondered his whole life, oh, what a mistake. 
Should I have? Was I dreaming? Did God really call me here? Isn't that the kind of doubts we have on our journey where we think, is there really a God? Does he really promise eternal life? Do I have nothing to fear? Doubt is a very real part of faith. You would expect Abraham to get this immediate reward, and instead he lives there like a stranger, and by the time he's old, nothing has changed. He's still living there like a stranger. God had promised him that this would be his land, and it never happened in his lifetime that it was named on the, on the map, Land of Abraham. It never had that title. He never got that. In fact, it wasn't until after he had died that God's promise was more fully realized and the land was named the land of Israel after his grandson. But the bottom line is God delivered what he promised. Abraham received the promise. And that is God promised him this land and he was there. It was a land to live in and he did. Even though the only part of the land he ever really owned was a piece of property he bought to bury his wife when she died. And yet God had safely brought him to the promised land. And eventually it did become the home for all of his descendants. But he didn't get to see that. Makes you wonder about the promises God gives us. When will they be fulfilled? Will we get to see the fulfillment of the promises that we anticipate? So let's stop and think this morning about how Abraham's experience parallels our own. God promises us that if we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we will have peace and joy. We will have an abundant life. Things will be wonderful. Two weeks ago, I had a really neat opportunity. Most of you know I'm a hospice chaplain and... um, I was visiting this very elderly woman who was not a Christian, and she, for her health reasons, had moved in or had been moved in with her married daughter, and her daughter and son-in-law were caring for her. And I was there visiting her, and her her daughter and husband were very strong Christians. And so one day I was visiting this woman, and she said, "Can you tell me what my daughter believes? I think I need that." So I explained Christianity to her. And she said, I want that. And the only way for, because of the hospital bed and all the stuff, the only way I could get close enough to her to hold her hands is I got on my knees next to her bed and I held her hands and, and prayed with her and she accepted Jesus Christ. And as soon as she opened her eyes, I'll never forget, I mean, her breathing was real weak, but she just exhaled this big breath of relief and she said I'm so relieved I don't have to be scared anymore and I said welcome to the family it was the most beautiful moment and that's the promise isn't it whoever believes receives abundant life and peace and joy and yet just like Abraham The complete fulfillment of that promise doesn't come in this life. It doesn't come until after we die because there are days. At least for me, maybe you're different. 
But there are days where there's no peace and no joy. There's just struggle and worry and fear and doubt and despair and discouragement and depression in this sad world. And just like Abraham, we wander around like strangers. You know the old hymn, this world is not my own. I'm just passing through. And we feel like I can't wait to be where I fit. I don't fit here. During this lifetime, we just can't take full possession of our inheritance. Our inheritance, the Bible tells us, isn't something for just this life. First Peter 1 says, God, who has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. And so you see, there really is no reason why we can't live by faith the way Abraham did. In fact, we have so much more to base our faith on. We have so much more evidence. We just celebrated Christmas. He fulfilled the promise. Right? Joy to the world. The Lord has come. And we can rejoice and trust him. He came through on the big one. And he will on all the others. You see, the thing that kept Abraham's faith strong, that he was looking ahead to going to heaven. He had his eyes fixed on things beyond, not fixed on his bank account or his health or his living situation or the fact that he lived in a tent and couldn't have a regular house. He had no indoor plumbing. He had nothing much but heaven to look forward to. And he wasn't all that interested in what he was going to have this side of heaven. He wasn't interested in being wealthy or prosperous or famous. He didn't need big flocks and herds. He wasn't looking at what this move to the new place is going to mean for him financially. Verse 10 says, He was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God, which is a literary way of saying heaven. And so as we move into this new year, what are your eyes focused on? Stock market's doing really well. My health is great. I've got some pretty exciting things planned for this year. There's so many things that draw our attention, aren't there, away from what really matters? So many things that just get our attention, get our adrenaline going, get us excited, and make us want to pursue the glitter rather than the real prize, the pearl of great price. If you're focused on the economic forecasts or if you're focused on the problems going on in our world or your health or whatever else, you're going to have a harder time moving out on the journey. But if you're looking forward to heaven, then you can step out into this year knowing your future is certain. Your future is guaranteed, kept in heaven for you. We may not know how in the world God is going to handle the problems we might face this year. We don't know how in the world God can take people who are ill and make them well. How he can take marriages that are falling apart and heal them. How he can take people who are so depressed 
and give them new joy. How God can take people who are broken and heal the brokenness. We don't know how in the world God does what he does. There are a lot of things we don't know. But faith isn't about knowing. It's about trusting. By faith, we can run the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, as it says at the beginning of chapter 12. You see, when you run into times of doubt, times of testing, it's not necessary to have all the answers. It was against all common sense that Abraham would leave everything he had, his friends, his family, his community, the the inheritance that he had gotten, generations passed down in that community where he lived, that he would leave all that and move to an unknown place. It was against all common sense that his wife in her old age would bear him a son as God had promised. They didn't have answers for those kinds of things. And there are sure to be times this year when we don't have the answers. But even though we don't always know all the answers, we can keep on going by faith. Because all along the way, we do know where we're going. We have an inheritance. And you know, inheritance isn't something you get during your lifetime. It's nothing you do to earn it. There's nothing you do to deserve it. It doesn't depend on how good you are or how obedient you are or how successful you are. An inheritance depends on who your father is. And the promise of Galatians 3.29 is that if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heir of God's promises. And so this morning... Trust him, remember him, believe in him when he says in 1 Peter that he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. For this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we confess again this morning that so many times we want to be in control. We want to be in charge. We want to be the Lord and have you work for us and do what we need you to do for us. Humble our hearts this morning, Father. Give us the faith to believe that you know what is best. And help us that we in this new year, may step out in faith on this unknown journey that you have for us, trusting that you will take us to a good place, a place that you have prepared for us in your timing. Help us to live not with a need to know all things, but to trust in you completely. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is 43 in the hymnal, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm-hmm.